Man, we should have done this during the uh, joy bucket time, but uh, there's great joy in what God is doing through Steve and his family. Part of, raise your hand, family. All right, there, there they all are. I was going to make them all come up here, but uh, anyways, um, Steve, if you don't know, um, we, we actually are a very minimal partial support uh, from our little budget and your giving and what you do. We, he is one of the local missionaries that, that we give as much support as we can to. And uh, he's with a movement called um, No Place Left, a movement, right? How many of y'all are part of a movement? <laughs> We're all part of this movement, No Place Left, and sharing the gospel. But, but uh, he's part of this, and uh, him and his family, uh, he was a pastor, a local pastor for a long time, and God called him to, out of a different season, to really step out in faith and really make disciples. And so... We say we have a driftwood church in Miami, and that's these guys. <laughs> and so, as you know, when you do church driftwood style, it really doesn't look like what most people call church. It can be anywhere, any place, any time, but it's for the purpose of making disciples. And uh, so, uh, super quick, uh, I know COVID has kind of changed a lot of things. They've had to adapt like everyone, uh, but they've also got some training coming up on a Zoom meeting he wants to invite you to. But uh, just can, can you give us, tell us a little bit about, just put, tell us what's on your heart, bro. I'm not asking you to preach, man, because I do have a message right here. Right. But I just felt led to call you up here and let you just talk. So I'm going to shut up so you can do that, all right? All right. Uh, I appreciate that. We <laughs> consider all of you, our family, Driftwood has been a, a big part of our life. Our family feels at home here, and uh, I hope you don't mind that we're not here every Sunday. But when we're not here on Sunday, uh, we're out actively sharing the gospel and looking for those faithful, available, teachable people ready to be discipled. And we can say now, during this time, uh, there's never been a better time to share about God's goodness and to offer people the chance to respond to the forgiveness of Jesus. And people are eager for it. They don't want to talk about anything else. There's lots of other political things that they don't want to talk about, so they're actually really relieved that you want to talk about God and Jesus and forgiveness. Uh, it's really refreshing, uh, but we go down a couple times a week. Uh, we're out there. Uh, we count uh, our success by leaders who is willing to take ownership to go out and share the gospel and make disciples. So we've got about 23 leaders who have disciples of their own and several gatherings represented uh, as a church in Miami. And we go out regularly, share the gospel and make disciples. And one of the big things that we find is that for many Christians, uh, the hesitancy to go out and share the gospel in natural conversations, uh, not in an odd way, you know, not knocking on doors, just as you meet people and you meet really cool people, um, is they don't know how. They've never been modeled. So we take a lot of joy in taking people out and like, you don't have to do anything. Just come out and watch us. And so we have these trainings to show you how to start to share the gospel really naturally uh, in everyday conversations, and uh, to really show you why we, we see it as so important to the Christian life and health. And so we invite people along, and we would even invite you. I was just sitting here as we were praising, like, man, it's been a while since I've just done an open invitation. Hey, we go down to Miami. Uh, you can ask Al, uh, which I'm not seeing. He's here. He could tell you about the adventures of getting in the car early in the morning with our family, going all day down in Miami and turning late at night. I mean, way past Al's bedtime. And uh, he spent all day with the Carswell family going out, sharing the gospel, meeting with people, having gatherings that we call church everywhere, on the beach, uh, on college campuses, in people's homes. Uh, we're seeing it grow. And we would love to invite you, one, just to pray for us. As JJ said, as we go out, spiritual attack all the time. Uh, it, it, it's real. Uh, it really is. But you know what? It it shows us we're swimming in the right direction. When we feel that resistance, we're like, we're going upstream. We know where we're going now. So uh, we joy in that we get to go and do this. And if you have any inclination, you just want to check it out. Uh, we are having a training from 9 to 1 next Saturday online on Zoom. That's a great way just to be introduced to what we do. And if you'd like to learn more, come up and to one of us. Sound good? Appreciate it, bro.
do know that our, uh, like our church model, I haven't really shared it in a long time, but that's kind of, you keep hearing different things, but we have big group, and if you look around, <laughs> this is our big group. We never know how many's coming, how many's not. We, there have been times, in fact, season's going to come where you're going to, might feel, dude, I don't know if I can socially distance if you're into that and all that, but anyways, it's, uh, the, the people, there'll be people coming from all over. They come and leave, come and leave, come and leave, and come back, so almost every week, it's like, oh, dude, you're here, and we're always grateful, and hopefully you feel that vibe. Our man, we're glad to see you today. She's another one. She does beach at church out on the beach, like up north somewhere, right? Delaware. Where? Delaware. Delaware. Yeah, dude. I didn't even. I, do you like wear ice skates when you go on the beach there or what? No, I don't know. But but that's it. Church, man. Have church wherever you're at. Just sharing the gospel, helping people see life from God's perspective, and then we gather and celebrate. That's what this is. Is big group where we come and celebrate. But this is not it. How many of y'all would be a lot skinnier if you only ate one meal a day or one meal a week? Yeah, dude, if you came on Sunday and you picked out all you could eat barbecue at Sunny's one day one, during the week and then, and Nate, dude, you'd be like losing a lot of weight, wouldn't you, man? Late, I didn't hear you. When she was thanking God for fruit and vegetables, I thought you were going to go up and have a hallelujah fit. All right, you did, because Nate is a fruititarian, <laughs> something like that, but... <laughs> Anyways, uh, I eat whatever he doesn't eat and what he eats, but <laughs> so anyways, but anyways, this is big group, man. This is where we celebrate what God's doing. It's not, this is not the main event. This is not the end all be all showing up to church once a week and hopefully you get your batteries charged. Hopefully you're encouraged by different people and different things you hear and you're like, yeah, I'm ready to face the week and hopefully you then see that every single thing that goes on in life is there by God's design. And it's an opportunity to please him. It's an opportunity to represent him. It's an opportunity to serve him and watch him do supernatural things. And then you come back and celebrate that. So we have big group, but then we have small group. And uh, we do, uh, those are always kind of changing. There's some consistent ones. But we have small group Bible study where people get together and kind of hang out. And if you said, well, man, none of these are convenient, but I could do one here. Dude, let's do one. Talk to me. Let's open up your house or your your neighbor's house. No, let's uh, let, let's let's go somewhere. Meet meet let's meet somewhere and let's start another small group because those small groups. How many of y'all are part of a small group and say, dude, that's important. Yeah, dude, that's where you get to kind of talk. You do in this church, Jason. Don't I ask a lot of questions? If I see you dozing, bro, I try to, especially Bob, I see Bob, Bob's always like, yeah, dude, it's my blood sugar. I don't care, dude. I'm waking you up. It's like, we're going to stay awake and we're going to talk. But small groups where you really get to talk and you really get to see life, help each other see life from God's perspective. But the big group and little group is all for the purpose of going. It's all to help you stay soul conscious. So as you're going through this world, that's what he says in the Great Commission, as you are going, you can make disciples. You're just constantly thinking about it. And if you're thinking about other people, then who can't you be thinking about? And having your little pity party. See, the world says, no, think about you. Get you right. Get everything straight. Then if you got, once you love yourself, once, once now you love yourself and have that self-esteem, now you can throw up some of that love on other people. How's that working? How many of y'all have ever like fully, now I don't even want to talk about this today, but how many of y'all fully fell in love with yourself where everything is great, now I have a little extra to give? It doesn't work that way. How many of y'all know it doesn't work that way? You know what happens, man? So that's what the world says. Love me, and then I'm going to love somebody else, and then we'll give God a little bit. But what God says, man, is love me with what? Your whole what? Vicki, this seems to be pulled out in every small group Bible study. Love them with your whole what? With your whole heart. He don't want part of it. He wants all of it. Love him with your whole heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love him with everything. And he says, guess what's going to happen when you love him? He's going to cause you to do what? what what's he going to cause? Carlos, right? What's he going to cause you to do, Carlos? That's the first time I've ever called you really by name. And I am so glad because I think I called him Justin like the first time I had the guts to call on him. Carlos, so what? That's really your name, right? Yeah, that's what you've been telling me. Okay, I didn't know if it was an alias. Some people give me aliases. I don't know why, but. No. What, what happens when you love him with everything? What happens? For others. Yeah, dude, it just falls off you like a wet, juicy, drippy mango, man. You, you can't help but get it on other people, right? So you love God. <laughs> yeah. 
like a nice rare steak, man. No, I'm, no, no, I'm not, that's not him. But yeah, he, you love him. He causes you to just totally love others, man. And, and how many of you, when you know you love God and you love others, how many of y'all feel the love back? Isn't that it? Dude, you cannot walk through life there, even in the tough times. That's sometimes when you feel the most love, right, Raina? When you're going through the toughest thing and you're tight with God and you watch the body of Christ come and you feel the love from the body. Man, that's God's plan in all of it. So the church model is big group, little group, go. I know, JJ, we're going to let the kids go here in a minute as soon as I figure out who's got them. Vicki, you guys have the kids today? All right, good. Well, get up. Come on, man. All right. Are you kids ready to go? On your mark. Get set. Oh, these ladies are fun. I don't know if they have water balloons today or not, but they got something. On your mark, get set and go. All right. Very good. So that is the Driftwood Church model. And dude, you can kind of pull that off anywhere. That's, that's really what God's called us to do. This is not the main event, the only event, man. Uh, this is just the place we come together and corporately encourage each other and charge batteries and and hopefully you feel that way when you leave, all right, in about three hours. But today, <laughs> I know sometimes, man, I, I feel for you guys because there's no way. I've sat through preaching before. There's no way I can sit that long. So that's why God has me up here. So I am mindful of that. But, I, man, I have two little verses, Terry. And, in fact, I was telling Emily, she's like, you ready? I'm like, I got this outline. God's given me this illustration. That's all he's given me. I don't know what's going to come out, but... He's given me this that is so important. And I said, I almost don't feel like I have enough. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, God, please don't let me say any more than I have to. Please don't let me, let me say everything that I'm supposed to. So man, right now, if you're scared of that, pray the Holy Spirit would totally control my mouth. How many of you are totally praying right now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Scott, thank you for being honest. Bunch of liars here, you know. <laughs> Passive aggressive liars. All right. But anyways in this so man, I got it all started when I read this these two verses because the next section is really cool It's about man the prophets you guys get to experience things the prophets didn't even understand God's using your life to teach angels about the gospel and about himself That's all next week, but there's two little verses in between what we've covered in first Peter chapter 1 and that section which is next week and there's these two little verses that are important I kept thinking about these verses thinking about them and God reminded me of an event he reminded me of fiberglass and I'm gonna back up when I learned how to fix a boat now you guys want to know how I learned how to fix a boat uh, because I ran into a submerged island anybody ever do that <laughs> so what I like one of the things I like about about winter time I don't like much about winter like look at that it's like we're grateful okay and God's in charge of weather but man I love hot sunny solar powered life right anybody with me but once winter hits there are some good things that happen I love having fires in my fireplace we have numerous fire pits outside I have you know we make fires all over the place um, we actually have a Bible study um, that we'll go out to an island and do and have a campfire and that's pretty cool but we can only do that when it's below 70 degrees at night because if it's not below 70 degrees you get carried away by what no seams man they will eat you alive so so in the winter time once it starts getting cooler on tuesday nights and maybe even we'll do it another night if we have that you know kind of a thing we also have a couple of snowbirds one bringing their boat back one that actually bought a boat last year to be a part of this so we'll have three boats being able to actually go out and do this and what we'll do is we'll meet at the boat ramp and then you guys will get on and we'll go out to wesley's island and uh you can bring a sub bring lunch bring dinner whatever bring whatever you want man if you don't want to bring any of that that's cool man but we're going out there and there's australian pines all down so we'll take that and start a campfire and then we'll see the sun set in the west man how much better does it get than just sitting in the sand with a campfire on the beach you can bring a chair if you want and watching the sunset man it's beautiful and then sitting around and studying the word of god it's pretty phenomenal when god's doing all that well i have to get you out there and one day when i was getting a bunch of people out there when there was only one boat um 
I had passed over this area many, many times, and I knew my area, because there are some submerged islands that are there where people thought it was wise to cut down all the Australian pines, and now the islands are just a navigational hazard. I fully know where they're at by experience now, Terry, and, uh, but I didn't at first. And so I'm cruising over the same thing, but I had, my boat holds 10 people. So I had nine people, and because they loved each other so much, they all congregated on the bow, <laughs> you know? So I'm riding this way, and I'm like, all right, I don't want to break up the fellowship, no problem. Bow doesn't look like it's sinking, but the bow was a little lower than normal. And I knew I could make it over this island, you know? There was a high tide even. And I'm going, all of a sudden, we're like, dun, 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 dun. How many of you ever run into something in a boat? You ever run into something in a boat? Yeah. And guess what happens? You know what? The boat stops, but you don't. <laughs> and so, so here we are, dun, 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 dun. And I'm only like putzing, you know. Fortunately, I wasn't full throttle, man. That might happen this year. <laughs> I don't know. But, man, we're just putzing. All of a sudden, boom. And literally, everybody was like, nobody fell out, fortunately, because, dude, there was an island there, a rock island. And so I'm trying to be cool, like, oh, yeah, you know, I meant to do that. No, I didn't. There was no I meant to do that one. But it was like, yeah, we'll be all right. Well, should we go back? Are we going to sink? And I'm like, yeah, watch Gilligan's Island, man. No, just, it's like, no, dude, I back it up. And I'm like, hey, can some of you move off the bow so we can get off this island? And so they back up. And when we go out to the island, and we had an awesome Bible study, just total awesome Bible study. It's dark. We bring everybody back again. And I'm just thinking, all right, God, how bad can it be? I'm not even going to deal with it. You know, I'll deal with it tomorrow because this is what we're supposed to do. And when I looked at it the next morning, oh, my goodness. Dude, it went through the gel coat, through the fiberglass. It went through the foam. It went into the wood stringers that were in the bow. And I could almost see inside. the. I mean, it went in. And it was about like this big. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is my office. How am I going to, I don't know anything about fixing this. And this is going to be expensive. And I don't know, oh my goodness. You, anybody ever see me freak out like that? Yeah. <laughs> Until you guys help calm me down and say, well, here's a. So I went to the fiberglass place. And I said, I brought pictures. And I'm like, oh, dude, I've got to get this. You know, can I fix it? Is it possible for me to fix it? And they're like, oh, yeah, man. And so they, they start giving me supplies. They're like, yeah, dude, you need some of this cloth right here. Now, I've done fiberglass before on surfboards, little surfboards where you got a ding. It's not life and death. You're not carrying 10 people. You're not worried about it exploding in the ocean. And, you know, I mean, surfboard. I fixed dings before. And I really didn't fix them right because they didn't have to be. And I kind of, you know, knew a little bit. But he's like, yeah, you need some fiberglass. I'm like, okay. He said, and you need some resin. All right. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm good. I know that stuff. And, and, and then you need some hardener, you know, in this you need a little bucket. OK. And, and you got to stir it all up. And and he said, you need one of these. Now, this was the new thing, because back in the day, dude, we used squeegees to get kind of the bubbles out. He said, you need one of these to roll all the bubbles out. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so I said, all right, so let me get this straight now, because I knew everything from those instructions. Right. How many of y'all have never have not waited com for complete instructions before? You're just like, oh, yeah, I got it now. Well, I'm like, okay, so let me get this right. I mix up a thick batch, put about 20 drops of hardener in there, get it in there quick and shape it and form it, and then put a layer of fiberglass over it, and I'm good, right? He's like, ah, uh, no. And he starts going through the process, said, man, first thing you're going to have to do, he said, you're going to have to make it worse before it gets better. And I'm like, what? He said, dude, you have a grinder? I said, yeah, I got a grinder. I'm not real good with it, but I guess I'll get better. And uh, so... He's like, take the grinder, man. And he said, he drew on the picture, you know, showing me on the picture. He said, you got to grind this far back on everything. He said, just, and I'm like, dude, can't I just grind off the loose edge? I said, no, man, you got to cut it all the way back. You got to cut in. You got to get rid of all the damage and potential damage and create a surface that's going to create a bond. You know, so you got to grind this out. And I got to tell you, when I got down there under my boat and I'm grinding my boat, it did not seem right. This is not what you do. <laughs> I'm making it worse, not better. But yet, that's what he said. And then he said, once you clean it out, and you got to let it dry, man, make sure there's no water in there. And, and then this is the killer thing that really helped me out. He said, I want you to cut a bunch of little pieces. Cut a bunch of little pieces of this stuff, this fiberglass. And then I want you to pull the edges out and everything. And here, I've always tried to make them nice and neat. He's like, Pull, pull them out, and I want you just to cut a bunch. In fact, here's even some of the ones I found in this bucket that were from it, little pieces. 
And he said, so I want you to mix up, some, mix up your, your resin, and, and I want you to put only a couple drops. Follow the instructions. How many of y'all need somebody to tell you to follow the instructions? You know, more is better. Rah! Let's put this whole tube in it. Instantly. You know, he said, just follow the instructions. Measure it out. Put only a couple of drops. I said, for that much resin, only a couple? Yeah, trust me. And I'm like, all right, don't seem to make sense. I did it. And then he says, what I want you to do is then saturate. He said, saturate the, 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 the place you're going to repair. And then he says, now take this little piece and saturate it and stick this little piece in there. I'm like, a little piece? Come on, dude, it's this big. He said, no, I want you to put a little piece in there. And then I want you to put another little piece and another little piece and another little piece. And I'm, I'm thinking, dude, this is going to take forever because in our society, how, when do we want things fixed? Now. now, can't I just put a big piece? Like my wife, dude. How many of you ladies like have like like different settings on your dryer? Different settings on your washing machine? Come on, man. Can't you just wash everything in high and dry it on high? No? You, you've already been through that with your husband? Yeah, yeah. There's settings. It's like we want it, but there's a proper way to do things. And so he says, put this little piece in there. And then put another little piece and another little piece and another piece and another piece and another piece. And you know what he had me do? Like I had a chunk, a place to build out that was this big around and about that deep. And I had to build it out with these little pieces. And he said, put the little piece in there and then roll it to get all the air out of it. I'm saying with each piece, Terry, come on, man, let's put 50 pieces and roll it out. Give me the jackhammer roller, you know, but every little piece, it took time and I'm having to roll it out to get the bubbles out, put another piece, roll it to get the bubbles. Now I'm glad I didn't put more drops of hardener in because I would never had time to do all of that. And so finally I roll it, roll it, roll it. And guess what? Eventually this hole that's this big around and about that deep, you know what it's full of? It's full of a bunch of little pieces full of resin and fiberglass and hardener that now have filled it all up and there's no bubbles in there because here's what he said he said listen man you know what you want because because terry was telling me about this stuff now he didn't really know how big you know the hole was what was that stuff you were telling me about marine tech Tech. yeah anybody guys know what marine tech is Yeah. yeah it's like a bondo for for a boat Dude, I'm thinking, dude, I'll slap some marine tech. We're going fishing tonight, right? And uh, it wasn't that way. I said, what, can't I just buy this marine tech? He said, no, because as soon as the boat starts moving, he said, that whole chunk of stuff's going to pop out. And he's like, you want something that's built right in, something that is going to be a bond that will last how long? Yeah. And if you don't think this bond's going to last forever, go to the landfills. Fiberglass will last forever. But in here... So he says, you want to build a bond that will last forever. And it was amazing. I never thought, dude, fixing surfboard dings. I never thought about taking little pieces of glass, fiberglass, and putting resin on them and letting them build out, build out, build out. I, I, I've taken, I've t- Chris, I've taken resin and put it in there and then let it dry, put another coat, another coat. No wonder they fell out. There was no fiberglass. That's what I asked him. I said, can't I just put resin on the whole thing and then cover it with fiberglass, one coat? He said, no, he said, the glass is the only thing. This mat right here, he said, is the only thing that is going to give it strength and hold it together. If you use this resin and a hardener, he said, it's just, it'll it'll work for a little bit, but it's going to crack out. And so I started thinking, I I, I built it, I did it, and it's beautiful. And you can come check the bottom of my boat out if you want. You just let me know when you want to go out and I'll let you look at it. I am proud of that. It's like, dude, look at that, how it worked. So when I saw the scripture this week, it reminded me of this process. And so in this process, I'm going to read this real quick to you. The the first thing, love, is the resin, all right? And so we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, and we're going to look at verse 8, and we're going to look at verse 9. And so uh, real super quick, Peter says, He's trying to encourage the people who are under oppression, the people who are suffering persecution. He's already been telling them, hey, this is what you've got for eternity. This is, man, he says, says, man, look past your temporal troubles into your eternal inheritance. That's kind of been the theme. Think about what you truly have in Christ and how long you're going to be there and how temporary this is. And last week we learned that the trials 
they test our faith and let us know how strong it is. They make, it makes us stronger. Just so many things we learned last week. So he keeps trying to help them through these. And now he's trying to encourage them. And he says, man, you know what? This is awesome. You love him even though you have never seen him. How many of you have ever seen Jesus in the flesh? How many of you have ever seen? Like, we've never seen him, right? We've never seen him physically. And that's what he's saying. Now, why would Peter be saying this? Because Peter, did Peter see Jesus in the flesh? Yeah, he lived with him. He did all these things. In fact, Peter, Jesus saw, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. And what did Peter, and Peter said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And, but what did Peter do? He denied him. And then when you go into John, I think it's chapter 21 in there, Jesus kind of finds Peter, and he, says, and he says, Peter, do you what? Do you love me? And Peter's like, well, yeah, I love you. And then he says, Peter, no, do you love me? <laughs> He's kind of implying, if you love me, why'd you deny me? You know, all these things are going through. In Peter's head, it's like, dude, I loved you as much as I could, but no, I didn't love you at that time because love is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's a choice of the will. Peter, do you love me? Well, no, I didn't love you at that time, but you know I love you. And ask a third time, Peter, do you love me? And how did Peter finally respond? Colleen, how did Peter respond? Yeah, he's like, you know everything. Stop asking me that question. You know how much I love you and how much I don't. And as best I can, I love you. That's in essence what Peter said. As much as I can, the will, my, the, the, my will is choosing you. But no, I'm not perfect, Lord, and I'm not going to be. I want to love you more. He's like, Peter, you've seen. You were at the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, you saw what I looked like in a glorified body. You wanted to build tabernacles to stay there. If anybody could, could just make a choice and never go back on it, it'd be you based on what you've seen. And, and, and Peter's like, I know I saw that, but I didn't choose you. I rejected you three times. And so he finally said, when he said, yeah, I love you. I love you as much as I can love you. And I want to love you more. And I've given you my life. Now I have the Holy Spirit. Got up, where he gets the Holy Spirit and he preaches. And, and, and really he goes to the cross. Remember how Peter, how they say Peter died? Upside down on a cross because he said it wasn't, he wasn't worthy to die like Christ died. If there was anybody that loved him. So this guy here, Peter's saying, you know, I saw him and, and, and I didn't have a perfect love. But he says, you love him even though you have never seen him. You love him. How many of y'all love Christ? Yeah, that is crucial. Listen, because we love a lot of things. I don't want to talk. Uh, uh, we have this idea that love is this emotional thing. Oh, I love Santos pizza. <laughs> you know, I love their Greek salad. Some of y'all went to Santos last week saying, yeah, we heard you talk about it. And we saw you there. But, you know, or, or I love, oh, I love AJ's tiny little wings. Or I love, you know, we lo love. What do we think of? Hey, what do we think of when we talk about love? I love Oh, I love that, man. I love that movie. What are, you, what are they saying? Yeah, they're things I like, things that make me feel good. I love my job. How many of you ever said that when you got it? <laughs> I love my job, and then three or four weeks later, I hate my job, or three or four years later, whatever. You know, we have this love-hate thing because we use that word love so loosely. I like it. It makes me feel good. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. I love. We love a lot of things. It means we choose it at that time. And we want to choose it. But the difference here is not just some kind of love. It's loving who? Him. There's even religious people because in Matthew chapter 7, one of the saddest sections in scripture, again, at the end, he's dividing people up and he's dividing church people up. And they're getting sent off. And they're going, no, didn't I preach in your name? Didn't I go to church? Didn't I give? Didn't I do all these things? And he says, yeah, but you and I never had an intimate relationship. You and I never had this love. Because some people love church. Some people like the lucky charmness that maybe their Christianity might give them. You know? I do things right, the right things happen. But there's no real love affair, no real love relationship between them and the living God. And that's what this is about. That's what he was getting through to Peter. Peter, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for love. I want you to choose me because you love me. Terry, are there things you do for Fernanda because you love her? Absolutely. You wouldn't do those for Steve's wife? No. Yeah. That's a good thing. Good. I, was get, I was getting ready to pitch all against each other. We were going to bet. No. But yeah, you do things for people that you love. In fact, dude, when I was a youth pastor... 
And um, I had about 1,000 students a week between the school and the church and all these different things and the public schools where I did, you know, ministry at and all these things. And, and, and dude, when you see a kid totally dressing different, acting different, looking different, what do you know just happened? <laughs> they got a girlfriend or a boyfriend, man. <laughs> yeah, they are totally different. Ha- oh, never mind. I know. Because you do crazy things for the people you're in love with, don't you? Hey, I remember when my, when my wife, well, she didn't really want, never mind, I'm not going to go in there, cause, but I did whatever. Dude, I loved her, so I became a distance runner <laughs> with these short little legs. She was a distance runner. That's what she did. She, it was downtown Lake Eola of Orlando, and everyone, yeah, well, I get up at, at 4 o'clock and I run this many miles. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I'd love to do that with you. I have short little baseball legs meant for sprinting. Go and end right here. I'm like, (gasps) I take five strides for every one of hers, man. But I did it. Why? Because I still love you, honey, but I ain't distance running. Neither are you. So we got other things we're doing for each other right now. But yeah, isn't that what you do? You do crazy things for people you're in love with and you love doing it. But what's the motivation? What is it that keeps you doing it? Nikki, what is it that that four-letter word begins with L, ends with E-S-O-V? What is that four-letter word that's our motivation? Love. And if you don't love it anymore, where's your motivation? It's gone. Anybody ever love something, and then all of a sudden it's like, I don't really love that so much anymore. And you know what I'm talking about. The motivation's gone. It's happened with so many things in our life. It's like resin. Love is like the resin. This stuff. How many of y'all are familiar with fiberglass resin? Let me see your hand. Okay, cool. So if, does this have any any kind of gooey, sticky capability of holding something together? Yeah, if you don't think so, let me pour it in your gas tank. Okay, I got a whole fresh one. I pour it in your gas tank because what's going to happen if I pour this in someone's gas tank, bro? Sludge. It is going to coagulate. It is going to harden. It's going to do something at some point in time. But will it really hold things together permanently? No. That's what so many people's love is. Love for anything but Christ is like this resin, dude. It's like, oh, I love this. It's, 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 it's there. It, it does have ability to be sticky. and good. Any of you ever use like two-part epoxy glue, right? And, and, and have you ever not put enough hardener in <laughs> or mix it good enough? It's like, oh, yeah, it's stuck. And all of a sudden, it's just like you got a gooey mess. That's love without Christ. Don't miss this. You love who? Him. Read that again. You love him. You love him. Man, that's the question we've got to answer. Do I love him? Do I love my church? It's nothing wrong with that. But if your love ends with your church, things are going to change. I love that pastor, you know? And it's like, well, he's going to disappoint you, I promise. It's going to change. I, I, I love, oh, I love that class. I love that situation. I love that job. I love, I love this group. I love, what are some other things we love? Come on, help me out. What? Fishing. I love fishing. Yeah. And what happens when our water's nuclear and there's no more fish? No, I'm just messing with you. But yeah, we love all kinds of things, but love by itself is like this. We're only stuck to it as long as we're in love with it. But when it's not really doing anything for us, what happens? We go find something else, right? Go find something else. How many of y'all have, I don't want to call it an impulsive behavior, but addictive behaviors like me that when you get into something, you get into it and you know everything there is about it. Tom Carlos, I see you over there in the back corner hiding over there. You're like that, aren't you? Dude, if you're into something, dude, you're going to figure everything there is to figure out about it. And, and then guess what? Once you get tired of it, what happens then, Scott? You're tired of it. Yeah. I'm going to go find something else. I'm going to find something else. This is eternal, what he's talking about. So you got to ask yourself, is my love, even for God, is my love for Christ, is my love for the church, is my love for spiritual things, is my love for, I like what is done for my marriage right now. That's awesome. No, I don't really love Christ. I just love the results of doing the right thing and having all of us on the same page. I like the comfort and safety of calling myself a Christian and having a, you know, a wholesome lifestyle so we know that there's things off limits we don't deal with. That's the church that's going to get sent to hell. 
because he says, I never knew you. And that word is gnosko. It's an intimate knowledge. It's what it meant when it says Mary knew nobody. She didn't have an intimate relationship with a man before then. So, it's, it, so it comes down to knowing him. That is it. And I can't tell you how important that is what God wants me to share with this group who he knew would be here today and he's been hitting me with it. I'll tell you what, that's what I've been thinking. Do I really love you? Or do I love just, I love, do I love this church? Do I love this job? Do I love being able to get up and, and being able to use my gifts? Do I, yeah, I love all those things, but it's worthless if I don't love who, Steve? Steve, 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 that's the Swedish, that's the Swedish Steve, right? Tom, if I, he was a Polish one, he'd be Skivinsky, right? All right, so, yeah. It's all, it's all good right here and now. But if you don't love him, it's like this. It's going to stick for a while, but guess what? It makes no permanent bond. So he goes on and says, man, you love him even though you've never even seen him, man. But it starts with you love him. And he's encouraging them. He's saying, I see it in your life. You love him. I see it in your decisions. I see it the way you're, you're doing things because you love him. And you're, it, How many of you ever did something you didn't like for someone you love? Yeah. How about a mom with, you know, I'm not saying my wife won't do things with me, but I'm saying that, dude, when the kids were here, I'd be like, hey, huh, let's go to, let's go canoeing down the swamp and let's do this. And okay, are the kid, yeah, and, and we'll take the kids and do all these things. The kids are gone, empty mess. Hey, honey, let's go. No. <laughs> well, Keone's going, okay. <laughs> it's like, the kids are coming, okay. So you know why I'm always blackmailing you kids. Kids, come so we can go do something, all right? <laughs> It's not like that, but it, but you do things for people that you love, don't you? Moms, how many of y'all do things for your kids? You've done things for your kids or do things that you don't really enjoy, but the only thing you enjoy about it is that you love them and it pleases them. It's for them. Yeah, that's what we do. You love him. Don't miss that. Love is not enough to get everything through. Love is not enough unless it's love for him. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, or I think it's 1 Corinthians, second, but I think it's first, where Paul talks about the judgment seat of Christ. We talked about it last week, the Bema seat, where it's nothing but, it's nothing but all this, our, our, our sins, our shortcomings, all our failures, they're dealt with at the cross. We don't have to deal with those ever again. Okay? But at that Bema seat, the reward seat, he's going to dump out, you know, the heavenly jump truck, beep, 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 boom, dumps it out. All of your works. Ryan, you may have this giant. Hey, we got like a Ryan sandwich here, don't we? Look at that. All right. So Ryan, man, he dumps all your works out. There's a giant pile of works. And what is the heavenly, what is it going to be tested with? Fire. Man, the blowtorch. I want to see that blowtorch. It's going to be awesome. I, I, I always like do it like a chainsaw, like a diesel blow. It's going to be a flamethrower. And he burns and he says, the works that you did that are not out of love for him, they are like wood, hay, and stubble. And Eric, because what's going to happen to wood, hay, and stubble when you put a blowtorch on it? It burns down. But the ones you did out of motivation of love for him, don't miss that for him. It's love for him, not love for that's something you're part of, love for yourself because it brings benefit to you. It's love for him. The things we did out of love for him is gold, silver, and precious jewels. Now, I'll let you answer the other tough question. What happens to gold, silver, and jewels when you put a blowtorch on them? Yeah, I think I'm hearing you right here. They just get more beautiful. It burns off the impurities. And so all your works are going to be tried by fire, and whatever you have left, that you, it's only the stuff that you have done out of love for him that I believe you're going to give back to him. <laughs> That's what we're preaching on today. But that's, that's the key of everything, what, your love for him, not your love. I love music. Well, I love preaching. I love talking. I like being quiet. It's, it's for him, love for him. You love him even though you've never seen him. And so I want to say love is the resin. Everybody say that. Love is the resin. Is this going to fix anything? No. Temporarily. It might look like it's working, but it's going to let you down. It's not going to work. Love for anything, if you don't have the second part, and if it's not love for him, it's not working out. 
it's going to temporarily work, but it's not going to work for good. Look at this next part. Trust is the hardener. Okay, so I got a lot of love. I love, 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 love. How much do you have to love something before you actually do it? Trust is the hardener, the catalyst. Okay, and trust is when we, we love something, but now trust is when we actually do something for them, when we actually do it. Okay, and so how much trust do I, do I have to, how much love do I have to have before I, ha- I put a few drops of trust in? A bunch, right? You know, so you see the proportions here? You've got to really love something. Hey, how many of you love Jesus? How many of you love Jesus so much you want to tell every, you want to obey him and tell everybody about him? How many of you want to go do Steve's little seminar and, or have Steve come over your house and do a personal one at your house? Again, don't raise your hand. I'm just saying, you see what I'm saying? I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. But now it comes down to doing what you love. How much do you actually love it? And again, I'm not trying to guilt. Steve does not get paid based on how many people come to his seminar or whatever, or any of his, uh, not seminar, what do you, a training session, dude. He's, he's, he's just trying to teach people how to share their faith in a comfortable way. And it really is awesome, you know, what they're doing. But, but again, that's what it is. I, I, oh, dude, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's do it. Well, let me find a good time to do that. Hang on. Let me check my schedule. Oh, wait, how long is that going to take? Mm, what else we got going on during that? Wait, whoa, what? And again, I'm not talking about his thing. I'm talking about anything. It comes down, if you really love something, if you love someone, you trust them. Look at what this says here. He says, first of all, he said, he said you love him even though you're not seeing him. He says, though you do not see him now, you what? Trust. trust him. And you know what this Greek word trust is? It's the Greek word Pistuo, which is the exact same one used 99 times in the, in the Gospel of John. And I know I haven't been on a chair in at least a couple of weeks, but that's my classic example or illustration on what this word trust means. Okay? It means to put all your faith and trust. It, it's translated as believe in the Gospel of John. I said 99 times. And so, ask if you, Bob, are you trusting that chair right now? Yeah, if that chair all of a sudden fell apart, what would happen to you? All right. How many of you are not quite trusting that chair? Anybody got a, got a plan B? This is like not trusting the chair. But you know what? When you put your, all your faith and trust in this chair, dude, it's all there. If it lets you down, you're going down. And that's what salvation is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's so whoever believes in him, not believes in him, but puts their faith and trust in him. And you don't do it with your mind I love, or with your heart. You do it by choices and by doing it. Love and trust go together. If you really love somebody, you do it. Anybody ever have somebody say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, good, let's go eat. Oh, I hate that. Let's go do it. No, I hate that. Let's go. Up. No. And it's always got to be about them. Do they really love you? No. Or they might just be having a bad season. I don't know. But I'm just saying, if you love, love and trust, you can't have one without the other. You prove your love by, by your trust, by doing it. It's the catalyst that makes it work. When I take this resin, which is the love, this isn't going to hold anything together, right? Okay? Trust isn't going to hold anything together. What if I just say, I'm going to fix things with this bottle of hardener right here? Is that going to fix anything, Ryan? No. But how many people are trusting something just because they're trusting something? Well, I'm trusting that that paycheck's going in the bank. <laughs> Automatic deposit. I'm, I'm, trusting, I'm, I'm trusting these things. If all you have is trust but no love, man, again, it's, it's an inferior product. It's not holding things together. But to prove that you have love, you've got to trust. You have to trust. God says, how many of you ever had God ask you to do something that you really were kind of sketch on doing? You weren't, you're like, dude, I don't know how that's going to work. Emily, you ever experienced that? Yeah. Why are we doing this? I don't know. But you know what? I trust you because I love you. And let me ask you a question. We love him because he what? He first loved us. So he shows that he loves us. We love him. He says, do this. And I do it out of trust. And when it works out, because it eventually does, you know that, right? And when it works out, what happens to my love for him? I give more love for him. Because he loved me. So he, the only way we can understand how much he loves us is by trusting him. 
and watching it work out. Hey, when he first called your family to leave a salary and all of those, you know, to leave. Now, the job sounded really exciting, right? But what about the nitty-gritty yeah, down? Yeah, because your love overwhelmed and your trust was, yeah, your trust said, I don't care. I love God so much and he loves me and he'll make all this work out. Yeah, but it's that love and that's trust. So it solidifies it. But just because you have love and trust in something, does it matter what you have love and trust in? It's got to be, look at this, though you not see him now, you trust who? Him. You can't just have love and trust in anything, right? You know, it's got to be in him again. So often, what are you loving and what are you trusting? I think those are the things we've got to ask. These are the things God has been asking me in the last few days, three or four days as I've been looking at this. What are you trusting? What are Because i gotta, I got to admit, Corona's kind of changed things around here. I mean, how many of y'all are new since Corona? Let me see your hand if you're new since Corona around here. Yeah. So where are the people that used to be here? What's going on? I'm, sometimes my carnal self is like, oh my goodness, we're, you know, what are we going to, and then he reminds me, your job's not to build a church. Your job is to make disciples and your job is to let me do what I'm going to do. And you be faithful to do that. And I'm like, because I love you, I am going to trust you. And we're just going to keep doing that. And you know what? This isn't my church. This isn't our corporate, whoever, you know, JJ, you don't know how we're structured, man. I'm the president. JJ's the vice president. Tom's our treasurer, dude. That's it. <laughs> Tom, you probably didn't want anybody to know that, did you? But it's like too late, man. And he's our parking attendant out front in the mud puddle, getting you in. Job's not to build a church, man. The job is to make disciples. Then make disciples, then make disciples, then make disciples. And if he takes them and sends them all over the universe, who cares? Wherever they're at, be faithful. What's going on? I love, I love him, so I trust him. But I'm just going to tell you, I'm not always there. He's like, oh, what do you trust? You trust? Oh, you trust the system you have? No. Sometimes I want to. i got to trust him. So I deal with this. So he says, though you do not see him now, you trust him. And look at this, when you trust him, let you say, yeah, but I'll be honest with you, it wasn't really all that hard. Would you say that rejoicing with a glorious, inexpressible joy was a good way to describe? Uh, Kayla, you're, you're, you're the wife, right? Kyla, 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 sorry. You guys like have different like syllables highlighted in your names, but all right. Would you say that Rejoicing with a glorious, inexpressible joy would be a good way to describe the change when God called you to this movement. Yeah, that's the wife, all right? He's, you know, guys, we're optimistic. Wives are kind of like, eh, you know, sometimes. But yeah, inexpressible and stoked about this. Yeah, and no matter what happens, dude, because COVID's changed your ministry. Man, they were down in Miami. We were looking to get him moved down to Miami, but God didn't have, that wasn't his plan. We're just, yeah, we have some setbacks. We have some different things, but they're only setbacks for us, not him. He's still doing what he needs, to, what he's going to do in all this. So again, here's love. Love is the resin, and trust is where is the catalyst that makes the resin harden. But again, you know what I was going to do? What I'd always done with fiberglass and why my fiberglass never really worked because I was going to use resin and hardener I was going to mix it together and fill the whole thing up with that. Again, if I would have just filled the whole thing up with that, what would have happened? <laughs> but, dude, you know, when you, go, when you go out on the boat with me, we go to the islands, and we pull up on the islands, pull right up on the islands, man, and there's rocks, different things, not big chunks, but we pull right up. And it hasn't fallen out because I use this. If I would have just had this, man, first time we pulled up, that big chunk of resin and stuff, that's why it's important who you trust because, you know what, this, Jesus is the fiber that gives the bond strength and the result is a bond that's going to last forever. If I didn't use this fiber in here, in all I used was just trust and love and it was in something, what's happening to everybody in the world right now that has a trust and love in something other than Christ? What about the people who sold their soul and trust their corporation? Anybody getting let down? Man, we're from Orlando, dude. You know, back in the day, a while ago, I know tons of people who worked for Orlando. 
Six-figure guys, executives. Guess what's just happening to those guys at Disney right now? They're getting furloughed. <laughs> you know what furloughed means? It means fired. It's just that we don't want to say it that way. And we're, we're going to let it kind of expand out a little bit. And if we can bring a few of you back, we will. Man, I'm just telling you, it's like I'm watching the world. Again, I told you before that one of the things that God rocked my world with in, in this COVID was when I heard four different lost people in four different socioeconomic settings in one day say to me as I'm sharing the gospel, he says, seems like God has taken away all our gods. Lost people, four of them, four different socioeconomic statuses, four different environments in the same day. You think that was an accident? God let me hear that. No, he wanted me to understand where they're coming from and where Steve is saying, and you've heard, you've heard it over and over again. Man, it's like God has taken away all our gods. So guess what we have to offer? We have to offer the God that can never be taken away, the God that will never change, and that's it. So if you're going to fall in love and you're going to put your trust in some, who should it be? Him. I challenge you, man. You may be looking and say, this is so shallow, so simple, so whatever. I want some more meat. I want this. I want... Dude, ask God to show you the things that you love that aren't Him or aren't tied back to Him. I'm not saying we can't love surfing, can't love boating, can't love... That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the things that we really love, do we really love Him? Ask Him. Pretend you're sitting by the fire after the resurrection. And you've denied him. How many of y'all have denied Christ? Okay, so you, you got reason to ask, like Peter. You're sitting by the fire and Jesus shows up and says, do you love me? Do you really love me? Yes, I love you. Do, I, do you love Ask him to show you where you love him. To show you if you really love him, because wouldn't you love to have it revealed if you really aren't loving him and you're loving something else? Like a system, a religion? Isn't that what the Pharisees did? They love the Word of God. Is there anything wrong? Jordan, is there anything wrong with loving the Word of God? Only if you love it more than God. <laughs> and that's where they were. So man, Jesus is the fiber that gives the bond strength. And the result is a bond that's going to last how long? Forever. Look at this last little verse real quick right here. It says, the reward okay for trusting and this word trusting there's other translations in this and and what he's talking about is a trust that starts at salvation and a trust that is growing and it is building until it fully is matured until it's fully accomplished how many of you have, are there there is no further spiritual growth no room for anything left in your life anybody how many of y'all are pretty close, man? How many of you are like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm almost there? <laughs> How many of y'all think you're halfway there? <laughs> All right, let me ask you a question. How many of you are further than you were a year ago? How many are further than you were a month ago? Further than you were a day ago? That's what we're talking about. You remember when I built this up? Remember when they were teaching me about this thing, man? I wanted to just put resin in. No, I wanted to, all right, so I got to put some catalysts in, and I'm going to fill it all up. And, and he said, dude, the strength is in this fiber. It's not in this resin. You can, in fact, the more uh, hardener drops you put in, the weaker the resin's actually going to be. That's why you've got to get it the proper proportion. Every time you're being asked to trust, you trust because you love. But he says, you've got to smear that all on Christ. You've got to love Christ. You, he said, you've got to put it on this fiber. Man, even pull some out. How many of y'all feel like this is what God's done in your life a little bit? You were this nice, neat little cut patch, right? And all of a sudden, God's pulling your, pulling your strings off. Anybody have God pulling you apart like this? And all of a sudden, you're like, I'm good. And like, no, God's like, yeah, we need to. And, and let me ask you a question. These little pieces on the sides here, what is the purpose of that? It's given the love and the trust a place to stick it may not look it's it's enhancing the bond so when god's pulling your fibers out is he trying to destroy you ryan and ryan and all y'all in between no nate is he trying to destroy you no he's trying to make it where you got a place for his love to stick your love for him to stick he's he's increasing that bond 
But again, you just have this. Dude, it's going to fall apart. You've got to have Christ. It's got to be in him. And I tell you what, he's made me question myself. I'm not here to get you to doubt your salvation. I'm not here to get, but what I am here to do is share this with you. And if you have reason to question what you're trusting and who you love, right now would be a good time to do it. Maybe you think you're all there. Ask him, is my trust really in you? Is my love really in you? I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm not talking about a church. I'm not talking about a pastor. I'm not talking about a minister. I'm not talking about a music ministry, a small group. I'm not talking about any of those. I'm talking about the person of Jesus Christ. And that is where he's been challenging me. Because I'm like, well, because you know what? When I don't see some of you guys, I don't think I'm like the cable guy necessarily. Tom, I'm really not the cable guy. You know, Tom, Tom, I got to say last night, I sent you a text a little bit late. You know, I sent all you guys text late last night. Tom's like, all right, see you tomorrow. You know what happened to my heart when you said that? I was like, yes! Because <laughs> if I didn't see you, my heart would be different. If I didn't see all of you guys, if I didn't see you guys, my heart would be different. So he's like, oh, so, so what do you really love? Do you love these people here? I'm like, yeah, but I love you. That's why. And he's like, do you? You know, I'm like, yeah, come on. In other words, it's possible just to love people, right? But I've got to be so sure that I love him, and that's the reason I love you guys. Would I preach just as hard and just as faithful if nobody showed up? <laughs> I'm just saying where you got to ask those kind of questions. Is this where I'd be to find out? And you know what? The, through all of this, he's assured me. I love him. Man, I love him. And he showed me in, your, in the worship time today. As we're worshiping him, I love him. That's the only reason I can love you guys. That's it. So again, look at this last verse here. He says the reward for trusting who? Yeah. And you can't trust, all right? So uh, tr if trust is the hardener, I can't trust. The hardener's no good without what? Without the resin, and the resin is what? Love. So if, if, if I, have to, I, I, I have to trust him it's got to be him. It's got to be this complete package right here. If you're missing any of it, let's just say that, oh, I have Christ. I have Christ. Me and Christ, we're one. But you never trust him and do anything. Do you really have Christ? How many of you have had a relationship between you and Christ where he never challenges you? And he says, you know what? You are just fine. I, I'm going to leave you right where you're at. I have nothing to change. Anybody? No. In fact, it's just the opposite. He loves you too much to leave you where you're at because he's going to make you just like Christ one day, and he's in the process of that right now. And the closer we come to that, the more satisfied we are and the more joy we have in our lives. So the reward for trusting him, doing what he's asked us to do, we do it out of motivation and love, but the reward for that, he says, will be the salvation of your souls. That's not just being saved from hell. That is this whole process that he's going through trying to make you look more like Christ right now. And guess what? One day, dude, you're going to be perfect. At the corner of your eye, look at the person next to you or look at somebody across the room and say, dang, that's going to be a work for them to be perfect. Look at me. <laughs> one day I'm going to be perfect. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. That's one mighty God. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> if he can make me perfect, oh my goodness. Imagine what he can do with you guys who are so much closer than me. I'm just saying. Look at it that way. The reward for trusting him will be that process of salvation we already saved eternally but it's a process it's a continual self saving us from ourselves it's the salvation of our soul until one day we're perfect he said man just keep loving him keep trusting him you want a bond that lasts forever can you do it with just love nope that's what the world's trying to tell us right now we're all just going to say oh let's just love each other all right, I, I don't know if any of y'all have this sticker on your car. I've seen variations. You know the whole coexist sticker? Go study each one of those relationships or those religions. Steve, the very first one, the C, would eat all the other letters. 
I'm just saying. And, 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 and yet we think we're something. Christianity does not coexist with any other relationship. Religion does it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And any compromise we make to that, we no longer have Christianity. But yet the world is going to start offering that because when the Antichrist does come, the world is going to be set up and is in the process of being set up to have a one-world religion, a one-world government, and a one-world economy. Anybody see that on the uh, handwriting on the wall right now? Yeah. It's a process being started. So the only way they can make Christianity fit is if we can back off of Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to live such a life to be able to tell them he is the way. There is no other way. I got the proof is in my changed life. So the world's going to be throwing out this, let's just love each other. Dude, they tried it in the 60s, man. Even had a big festival called Woodstock. I'm just joking. But I'm just saying they tried it. But rules without relationship equals rebellion. You need more. You know, you got to have love. And, and you have to have love that's put into action with trust. It's catalyzed because you actually do it. Well, there we go. There's socialism. There's communism. There's whatever. Whatever ism you want. But is this complete? Will this work with whatever you choose? I love pizza. I am making the United Church of Pizza. All pizza lovers unite. We will just have pizza and we'll be happy forever. Pineapple pizza people over here, non-pineapple people over here. I'm just saying. It, uh, you, it makes a difference what you love and trust. And that's the uniqueness of Christianity because this will harden. This will harden, but it will have no strength until it has this. And who does this represent? Christ. Go back to Daniel, and I'm done. We In the interim between James and preaching out of, second, out of, out of Peter, we looked at Daniel chapter 2. And you remember, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, man, that were freaking him out because he was a young leader of the whole world. And he said, man, I'm seeing this. I, I need the interpret. Uh, you tell me the dream and the interpretation of the dream and, I'll, and then tell me what it means and I'll be okay. And Daniel came up with it, right? We did that. And do you remember the dream was a statue and it was world history. And the head, do you remember? There was a big head made out of gold. And who was that? Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian Empire at the time. But then the next part of the statue was made out of a degrading metal. Silver, the chest and the arms were now the next kingdom. And who was that? The Medes and Persians, which now became the Persian government. And then they were conquered by the torso and thighs, which were made out of, what was it, bronze or something? A lesser, a lesser material. The world's getting worse and worse. A lesser material. And that was Alexander the Great as the torso conquering the world, and then his kingdom split. And then the legs made of iron, which was Rome. Man, Rome, dude, everything. You don't obey us, gah! You know, you obey or die, you're done. And that was the legs of iron. And then, who conquered the Romans? Who conquered the Romans? The answer's nobody. They degraded so bad because of their lack of morality. Can you imagine having a society so phenomenal and then degrade because of a lack of morality? Because of anarchy, because everybody wants to do it their way. Yeah, that's what happened to the Romans. And then, and, they, they, and then the feet, which is a time later, maybe a time now, are going to be partially made out of iron, but partially made out of clay. And they're not going to be able to co stick together. They're going to hold the whole statue up. The statue's top-heavy. It's degrading. And then Jesus, God told him in this that there was going to be a rock cut out without human hands. If it's not cut by human hands, whose hands cut it? God's. And that rock is who? Christ. That rock's coming down. And where is he aiming for? The feet. Because he's going to take the feet out. Every government that this world has ever had, every soul that's sold out to a government, sold out to a system, sold out to a business, sold out to an idea, every bit of that's coming toppling down. It's all coming down, and he told us this in his word so that we don't put our love and trust in anything but who? But him. I got this message. I don't know, dude, wouldn't it be awesome if he came back tonight? Man, I don't know when he's come back at any time, but we've got to make sure our love and our trust is in him. That's the only thing that's going to hold the together forever. That's it. 
Why would you invest in anything else? So I think we need to go home and we need to ask ourselves, what do I love and what do I trust that's not part of your system, God? That's not a result of my love for you. And I'll guarantee you, y'all already admitted y'all blown perfection. We all have. So he's going to show us something, not to make us feel bad, but so we can have a tighter bond with him, the kind we're going to one day have in heaven. If you've never given your life to Christ, you don't know that when you die, you're going to heaven, man. I pray right now the Holy Spirit would give you a desire you cannot refuse. I pray that you would see that the whole world statue from Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, all the way down to whatever happens next, dude, it's crushed. It's gone eternally. And the only one that's going to stand forever is the kingdom of Christ. And if he's giving you a desire and ability to surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him, that desire is coming from him. He said it's like the wind. You don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's leaving, but you know when it's there. And if it's there right now, surrender. Give it all to him. Even if you've been in church your whole life, give it to him now. Swallow your pride. Say, man, it's yours. And give it to him because it's the only one that's going to last forever. And that's the message that God's given me. You're going to use your energy to love and trust something and make sure it's worth it because he says it will be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving every single one of us. Thank you for giving us your word. And Father, thank you for this message that has so challenged me. Father, I pray you would strip away every single thing in my life that I love that's not connected to you. I'm not saying it's bad, it's good, and different. But Father, I just want to love you. And everything you bring in my life because of that love for you and that trust for you. Father, keep that there and solidify it. But anything that I ever idolize, anything, any system that I'm falling into the trap of loving and things I'm in, falling in the trap of loving, Father, and trusting. Father, I pray you would strip it away so that my love and trust would only be in you. And I pray that for me first so that I can then pray that for everyone here. Father, purify our trust and our love and that it's just in you. Father, I pray that if we're trusting in something that is not of you, we'd see it as just trusting in resin. It's just a temporary bond that's going to go away quicker than eternity. I pray, Father, if we're just trusting in, in loving, like resin in, in hardener, we'd realize there's no strength in it unless you're involved. Father, I pray that we would have the grace, we would accept the grace to be able to get it out of our lives and, and, and repent, and our trust and our love would only be in you. Father, it's so hard in this world right now, just as it was hard in Peter's world. We all have things that we think we got to do to survive. But you promise us in Matthew 6.33, the culmination of the message you preached while you're on this earth, Jesus, that if we would seek first, Seek only, seek always the kingdom of God and your righteousness. You, the king, everything we need would be added to us. So, Father, would you please just strip away out of our lives everything that's not connected to you so we can have a bond that will last forever. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.